Freddie and the praise team for that wonderful time of worship. I love that song, Create in Me a Clean Heart, O Lord. That is a, that's an old Keith Green song, if any of you know who Keith Green is. I love that. Well, good morning. It's so good to be here with you today. And uh, as Major said, we are in our, our sermon series about all things new. And um, last week, uh, Santos brought to us a very powerful and moving message on the new birth and the treasure that we have in uh, Jesus Christ as a result of that new birth. So I want to thank you, Santos, for, um, for that awesome message. And, and I also want to thank you for setting the bar so high for the rest of us who have to follow you in this series. It was a great time. Well, as Major said, I get to talk with you about having a new mind or a new renewed mind. And I was thinking all week, you know, what, what can I do? What can I possibly do to bring it the way Santos did last week? And so the only thing that I could think of that I could do is to give stuff away. Are you guys okay with that? Everybody likes to get something, right? So I'm going to have my lovely assistant come out here and help me. And I need three contestants. Any volunteers? Don't be shy. There's one. There's one. Any volunteers, put your hands up. I'll call you out. Come on down. Oh, wrong game show. <laughs> come, on, come on down. We got great prizes. You stand on the other side of the wheel over there. We need one more. One more brave soul. Okay, there we go. All right. Why don't you come over here? Stand on this side of the wheel. Yep. This is the Wheel of Fortune. We don't have numbers on our wheel. It's a cheap show. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and start with contestant number one. Go ahead and spin that wheel. See what you have won. All right, spinning big money, big money. Come on in, no bankrupt, no bankrupts. Awesome. Red, red, you want to see what you've won? Come with me, come, come down with me. This is going to be great, it's got to be great. All right, are you ready for this? Okay, take a look at the screen up there. Show him what he's won. A new car, awesome. That's great, and it's red too, it matches the wheel. That's great, okay, I'm going to have you come stand over here. All right, contestant number two. Contestant number two. Let's see if we can top that. Awesome. Get into that. All right. Lucky blue. All right. Do you want to see what you want? Come on down. All right. I'm going to have you take a look at this screen over here. It might be different. All right. Are you ready? You ready? You ready for this? All right. Show him what he's won. A new house and a matching car. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. We've got some great prizes today, don't we? Who, th- who thought when you came to church that we'd be giving this kind of stuff away? All right, go ahead. Your turn. All right, here we go. Final spin. Oh, wow. All righty, let's go, let's go. Okay, I have a feeling this one could be big. I have a feeling this one could be really big. All right. Red again. All right, come on down. Do you think it's another red car? Could it be another red car? I don't know. Have a look at this. Have a look at this screen right here. Are you ready? Okay, show us what he's won. Oh, a brand new mind. You got a brand new mind. Well, anyway, I want to thank you so much. I have pictures of your prizes. You can take those with you. So take the picture of your prize. Enjoy that. Thank you for participating today. Enjoy that. Awesome. Thank you to my assistant. 
Wow, that's awesome. Well, wouldn't it be nice if the ability to change our minds or alter the way that we think was easy as winning a prize? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be great? How many of you have been in a situation where, you know, Major Phil talked a couple weeks ago about New Year's resolutions and how, you know, one of the, in the top five, it's to get healthy and to get active and all this stuff. How, how many of you have set a goal like that and then the alarm clock goes off in the morning, then you have this conversation with yourself while you're lying there in the bed. It's like, well, I really don't want to go. So you look at the clock, and you finally have, have this conversation about, should I go? Can I go work out later? Can I, can I do this later? And you finally, you don't. You end up not working out, and you slide back into your comfortable bed. And then you end up yourself in the, in later on in the day because you didn't, you didn't meet that goal that you had set for yourself during the day. Well, wouldn't it be nice if it was just like when your alarm clock went off and it said, you won the prize, you get all the benefits of working out, and you don't have to get out of bed. Wouldn't that be great? That, that would be awesome. You wouldn't have to go through that conversation, feel guilty later. Well, winning a prize is great, isn't it? Isn't it great to win a prize? But is it, is it true that when you win a prize that it's really free? Is it really free, that prize that you get? Is there some kind of a cost that's attached to that? And if you think about it, you know, even, even if, if the prize is, is uh, something of holding the title of the winner, somebody has to lose, correct? Somebody has to lose, so there still is a price to pay in there. And if you win a big ticket item like a car or a house, what do you have to do on that? Taxes. You have to pay taxes on it. Well, how about setting your mind on Christ? Is there a price involved in that? Is there a price involved in that? Well, there is a cost involved. And I believe it was Billy Graham who once stated that salvation is free, but it will cost you everything you have. Salvation is free, but it will cost you everything that you have. Think about that. Today we look at what the Apostle Paul teaches us about how our sacrifice leads to a new mind, a renewed mind. And with a renewed mind, we are able to bring forth gifts to support the church, the body of Christ. Romans 12, 1, listen to this, says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Now, when we think about sacrifice in the Bible and according to God's law, we think about killing of an animal and cutting it into pieces and placing it on an altar. But here, we are reminded that we are asked to be a living and holy sacrifice. And this comes with it the price of obedience. Now, I say reminded because the Bible is filled with references about obedience and how it tops those sacrifices. 1 Samuel 15, 22 is one of the first places where we discover this theme. Listen to what Samuel says. Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. 
So what this is telling us is we can't just say that we belong to Christ. Our thoughts and our behaviors must be a living sacrifice and a kind of sacrifice that he will find acceptable, not what the world that we live in says will be acceptable. And that in itself is a sacrifice. And for some, it's harder than others. From our new birth, he wants us to be a transformed people, a transformed people with renewed minds, living to honor and to obey him. Next, we are warned about copying the behaviors of this world. And in all honesty, even as Christians, it's difficult to not fit in, right? It's difficult to not fit into this world. But Paul goes on to say, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. When you learn to know God's will for you, it is good and pleasing and perfect. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hands for this one, but how many of you have found in a, in a movie saying to yourself, oh, this is just wrong. I shouldn't be here watching this. But for some reason, you do, and you sit there and watch it like it's a train wreck. But you know, you know in your heart and your mind, it's not right to watch that movie, but you do. And then when you come out of it, you feel like, gosh, I got to go home and take a shower. That was, that was, made me feel gross. Well, it's when you get to the point when you can go and sit in a movie and that movie is wrong and you don't know that it's wrong. That's when you find yourself living smack dab in the middle of the world. Now, I use the movie as an example because I think that that's something that we can all relate to. I think that we've seen something on the TV, we've seen something in the movies that's, that's not quite right to be filling our minds with. But it could be other things out there in this world. It could be a relationship that's not healthy. It could be a relationship that is pulling you away from having a renewed mind in Christ. It could be a habit that we have that that is pulling us back into the world and not into that relationship with Christ and renewing our mind on the things that he wants for us. Or it could be the way that we treat others, how we treat family members, friends, coworkers. Well, you see that the, the behaviors of this world are generally self-motivated. They're selfish and they're corrupt. And they are the furthest thing from good and pleasing and perfect in our Heavenly Father's eyes. You see, it is so easy to conform to this world that we live in. And you know, there's a lot of stuff in this world. It's not all bad, but it is so easy to fit in or to, to conform because the world continually tells you something. It tells you how you should live. It tells you how you should act. It tells you how you should look. And it, sh it tells you what you should have. And the world normalizes what is not of God. And we get pulled into that trap because it looks good. But the problem is, is that if we, church, are not careful, we fit in without even knowing it. We get pulled right into it. We need to let God transform us into a new person by changing the way that we think. And how do we do this? It's very simple. Our communion needs to be with Christ and not the world. We need to commune with Christ and not on 
the world. It's a very simple concept, isn't it? It's a very simple concept, but there is a sacrifice that is attached to it. I love the quote by Tom Ziegler that says, what you feed your mind determines your appetite. What you put into your mind is what you then determine that you want. There are medical studies on this. There are scientific studies on this, particularly in the area of pornography. This is an industry that brings in billions of dollars, billions and billions of dollars. But this, this industry knows that if they get children when they're young and they can get those images into their, head, their heads, they're going to have lifelong customers. But it's like a drug. You desire more of it. You want more of it. You get, you get pulled into it. And pornography is just one example. But if you feed your mind with the world, you are undoubtedly going to desire more of it. But if you feed your mind on Christ, as Paul is telling us to do, you will desire his will and you will begin to think differently. You'll be able to face all of these different circumstances and things with a new mind. But again, it does require that sacrifice to the world. Some of those things that may seem very appealing, we may have to turn down. So think on that. We are reminded by Paul that we will be transformed into a new person by changing the way that we think. And he continues this theme in Ephesians when he says that we must let the Spirit renew our thoughts and our attitudes. But if we are so grounded in the world, that change, that transformation of mind is not going to be easy. So we have to be very careful about how we think because our thoughts run our lives. You know, here at the Croc Center, um, we, we have a you know, beautiful facility here, but we have a beautiful um, uh, health and wellness center, and we have some great group fitness classes. And in recent months, I've discovered um, uh, one of our classes, or two of our classes, it's core work, about working your, working your core. And uh, so the first class is just, it's simply called core. It's 30 minutes of core work, or I say 30 minutes of torture. And then uh, later on in the week, there is cardio core, which is more of the same with movement, and I call that torture with more sweat. But um, these classes aim to strengthen your core, and thereby having a strong core, it helps you improve your movements in other areas and functions in other areas when you work out. And it's a different way of thinking about traditional exercise. And you just go in and lift something up and go at it. It makes you think about what you're doing with your movements. So here's a way that the instructor reminds us about our neutral self. And I, I want to have some audience participation here. So I'm going to have everybody stand up with me. We're going to go through this simple act. Uh, this uh, simple, simple exercise to help you remind you about your neutral self, your ground zero, the, where you're supposed to be. Um, now, I don't want you to hurt yourselves, but this is very simple. But this is a reminder thing. So um, you want to you get, get, get comfortable. Don't lock your knees. You want to be comfortable, slightly bent, okay? Shoulders back, chest out. <laughs> and you're going to take your hands and you're going to take your pinkies right here like this, and you're going to put them on your waist, okay? And then your thumbs right below your rib cage, and then your index fingers right below your belly button. Everybody got that? Okay, 
So what you do next, and your shoulders, your shoulders shouldn't be like this. I'm already doing it, but they should be relaxed a little bit. Suck all three of those points in. So you're, you're sucking all three of those points in. Can you feel that? Don't hurt yourselves. Don't suck too hard that you hurt yourselves. I don't want an ambulance in here. But can you feel that? Can you feel your muscles in there as they, they're contracting up or, or sucking in? So, you know, this is what the instructor is saying. You need to do this all day, every day. So people kind of make fun of me because I walk around the Croc Center like this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But he's just, saying, he's just saying that's a guide. That's a guide that you should be using and to suck those, part, part, those parts in. And I was like, I can't remember to do this all the time. This is, this is tough. So he goes, well, suck it all in. Put some athletic tape on your abs. And when you start to fall out of that, that pull on your skin is going to remind you that you're not doing it right. You can be seated. Well, the thing about this particular, this particular exercise or this reminder that we have is that this is the way we start this class. Suck all three of those points in, and then he gets you into a plank position. And your plank, you're straight as a board. And he says, suck all of that stuff in, and the next thing he says is squeeze your cheeks. Squeeze your cheeks as hard as you can. The anti-credit card swipe squeeze. And they're playing this loud music. And we're trying to listen to him. And then what does he say to us? Breathe. Breathe. You can't breathe that way. But it's, it's I, I really look like I collapse in there every week. They have to haul me out of there. <laughs> but he says to us to do that all day, every day. That requires thought. Unless you're physically conditioned, and some of you may be, and if you are, awesome that's great but when you get when you get into these situations he wants you to be doing this all day every day so that you can train your core to be strong when we strengthen our core it allows us to move more effectively in other exercises i think this is a great illustration because it leads us into what paul is telling us next because of the privilege and authority god has given me I give each one of you this warning. Do not think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, each part also has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. So, if our core on our human body re represents the main hub for proper movement and function, we need to strengthen our core in Christ. And likewise, when we strengthen our minds, it allows us, it allows us to be more effective to the body of Christ. Right? When we strengthen our minds, it allows us to be more effective to the body of Christ. Well, the group fitness exp um, instructor explains that our bodies will adapt to any kind of movement that we need to do. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we're doing it correctly. If you have to rush and uh, pick up a, a child or you reach to grab something, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are doing that function properly. But your brain is going to tell you, I, I need to get that child. I need to reach for that thing. I need to pick this up. And you don't stop to think about, oh, is my core engaged? Am I... Am I lifting properly? Yes. 
in the same way we need to be continually reminded that we need to renew our minds. Just like that instructor says about sucking in your gut, squeeze your cheeks, breathe. We need to be focusing continually on what is good and pleasing and perfect. Paul's illustration of the human body teaches us how to live and work together. Our bodies function through the leadership of the brain, right? And this is the same leadership that we find in the body of Christ. He provides that leadership. He provides that direction. So we, as the body of Christ, have to function, and we have to be deliberate in moving our respective thoughts, or parts, sorry. But Paul also says, we cannot think that one part is more important than another part. We must measure ourselves according to the faith that God has given us. Not another part of the body and not of the world. The fitness instructor also says that your movements need to be slow and deliberate. He's not concerned with how many reps you make. He's not concerned with how fast you go. He's concerned with you making the movement properly. It really applies here as well, too. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness, do it gladly. So God gives us these gifts that we use to build up the church. So I was asking myself, what does this have to do with having a renewed mind, have to do with contributing to the body of church, of of Christ? Where does this all fit? And the thing is, is that a fixed mind ensures, a fixed mind on Christ ensures that we will properly use the gifts that we have been given. Just as we are thinking about an exercise that we are going to execute, we need to do the same so that we can properly use the gifts that we are given. And again, it goes back to that communion continually with Christ. Think about it. If you're sitting out there today and you have the gift of encouragement, you may be the one word that somebody needs to hear that inspires them to greatness. If you're If you have the gift of teaching, you may inspire others to be more and to discover what their gifts are and to be able to use their gifts. If you have the gift of leadership, you may be able to inspire young leaders to excellence in leading others with love and respect and integrity. I want to give you a challenge today. It's been said that um, it takes about 21 days or three, three weeks about to change a habit, to change a way of thinking, to change how your body adapts to something. And I would like to challenge you in the next 21 days to do something 
to set your mind on Christ and let him speak to you through that sacrifice? How can you use your gifts to glorify Christ and build up the church? Here's one for you. Read the book of Ephesians once a day, the whole book, for 21 days. See how God speaks to you and transforms your mind by reading that passage. Yeah, there is a sacrifice involved. You've got to spend 20 minutes or so to read through that book. It's not a huge book, but read through it. In my case, it may be an hour, slow reader. But it is amazing how when you read the words on those pages that on different days and different times and different seasons that they speak to you differently. 21 days. Try it. You see, there is a price that we have to pay for every prize that we get. But these prizes that we are talking about today, a renewed mind and being able to use our gifts for the church have eternal value beyond the cost that we have to pay. How many of you today, just by a show of hands, need to renew your minds? We all can, we can all, we can all renew our minds on something. Perhaps there's an area in our lives where, where we need to look at those, we need to look at those movies and say, is this really, is this really going to be benefiting my gift set for the church? We need to look at those relationships and say, is this relationship really what I need to benefit my church? Think about those things. And again, I challenge you for the next 21 days to do something to help you transform your mind. Let's pray.